Kia ora and welcome to this episode of The Amateur Austenite. I'm Frances Duncan, an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa slash New Zealand. My very special guest today is Emmy. Kia ora. And we are going to be reading the longest letter so far in Lady Susan, letter 24. Letter 24. From the same to the same. Churchill. Little did I imagine, my dear mother, when I sent off my last letter, that the delightful perturbation of spirits I was in then would undergo so speedy, so melancholy a reverse. I can sufficiently regret that I wrote to you at all. Yet who would have foreseen what happened? My dear mother, every hope which but two hours ago made me so happy is vanished. The quarrel between Lady Susan and Reginald is made up, and we are all as we were before. One point is only gained. Sir James Martin is dismissed. What are we now to look forward to? I am indeed disappointed. Reginald was all but gone, his horse was ordered and almost brought to the door. Who would not have felt safe? For half an hour I was in momentary expectation of his departure, and after I had sent off my letter to you, I went to Mr Vernon and sat with him in his room, talking over the whole matter. I then determined to look for Frederica, whom I had not seen since breakfast. I met her on the stairs and saw that she was crying. My dear aunt, said she, he is going, Mr. de Courcy is going, and it is all my fault. I am afraid you will be angry, but indeed I had no idea it would end so. My love, replied I, I do not think it necessary to apologize to me on that account. I shall feel myself under obligation to anyone who is the means of sending my brother home, because, recollecting myself, I know my father wants very much to see him. But what is it that you have done to occasion all this? She blushed deeply as she answered, I was so unhappy about Sir James that I could not help. I have done something very wrong, I know, but you have not an idea of the misery I have been in, and Mamma has ordered me never to speak to you or my uncle about it, and you therefore spoke to my brother to engage his interference, said I, wishing to save her the explanation. No, but I wrote to him. I did indeed. I got up this morning before it was light. It was two hours about it, and when my letter was done, I thought I should never have the courage to give it. After breakfast, however, as I was going to my own room, I met him in the passage, and then, as I knew that everything must depend on that moment, I forced myself to give it. He was so good as to take it immediately. I dared not look at him and ran away directly. I was in such a fright that I could hardly breathe. My dear aunt, you do not know how miserable I have been. Frederica, I said, you ought to have told me all your distresses. You would have found in me a friend, always ready to assist you. Do you think your uncle and I should not have disposed your cause as warmly as my brother? Indeed, I did not doubt your goodness, said she, colouring again. But I thought that Mr. de Courcy could do anything with my mother. But I was mistaken. They have had a dreadful quarrel about it, and he is going. Mamma will never forgive me, and I shall be worse off than ever. No, you shall not, replied I. In such a point as this, your mother's prohibition ought not to have prevented your speaking to me on the subject. She has no right to make you unhappy, and she shall not do it. Your applying, however, to Reginald can be productive only of good to all parties. I believe it is best as it is. Depend upon it that you shall not be made unhappy any longer. At that moment, how great was my astonishment at seeing Reginald come out of Lady Susan's dressing room. My heart misgave me instantly. His confusion on seeing me was very evident. Frederica immediately disappeared. Are you going? said I. You will find Mr. Vernon in his own room. No, Catherine, replied he. I am not going. Will you let me speak to you a moment? We went into my room. 
I find, continued he, his confusion increasing as he spoke, that I have been acting with my usual foolish impetuosity. I have entirely misunderstood Lady Susan and was on the point of leaving the house under a false impression of her conduct. There's been some very great mistake. We have been all mistaken, I fancy. Frederica does not know her mother. Lady Susan means nothing but her good, but Frederica will not make a friend of her. Lady Susan, therefore, does not always know what will make her daughter happy. Besides, I could have no right to interfere. Miss Vernon was mistaken in applying to me. In short, Catherine, everything has gone wrong, but it is now all happily settled. Lady Susan, I believe, wishes to speak with you about it, if you are at leisure. Certainly, replied I, deeply sighing at the recital of so lame a story. I made no remarks, however, for words would have been in vain. Reginald was glad to get away, and I went to Lady Susan, curious indeed to hear her account of it. Did I not tell you, she said with a smile, that your brother would not leave us after all? You did indeed, replied I very gravely, but I flattered myself that you would be mistaken. I should not have hazarded such an opinion, returned she, if it had not at that moment occurred to me that his resolution of going might had not been occasioned by a conversation in which we had been this morning engaged and which had ended very much to his dissatisfaction from our not rightly understanding each other's meaning. This idea struck me at the moment, and I instantly determined that an accidental dispute in which I might probably be as much to blame as himself should not deprive you of your brother. If you remember, I left the room almost immediately. I was resolved to lose no time in clearing up these mistakes as far as I could. The case was this. Frederica had set herself violently against marrying Sir James. And can your ladyship wonder that she could? cried I with some warmth. Frederica has an excellent understanding, and Sir James has none. I am at least very far from regretting it, my dear sister, said she. On the contrary, I am grateful for so favourable a sign of my daughter's sense. Sir James is certainly under par. His boyish manners make him appear the worse. And had Frederica possessed the penetration, the abilities which I could have wished my daughter, or had I ever known her to possess so much as she does... I should not have been anxious for the match. It is odd that you alone should be ignorant of your daughter's sense. Frederica never does justice to herself. Her manners are shy and childish. She is besides afraid of me. She scarcely loves me. During her poor father's life, she was a spoilt child. The severity which it has since been necessary for me to show has entirely alienated her affection. Neither has she any of that brilliancy of intellect, that genius or rigour of mind which will force itself forward. Say rather that she has been unfortunate in her education. Heaven knows, my dearest Mrs. Vernon, how fully I am aware of that. But I would wish to forget every circumstance that might throw blame on the memory of one whose name is sacred with me. Here she pretended to cry. I was out of patience with her. But what, said I, was your ladyship going to tell me about your disagreement with my brother? It originated in an action of my daughter's, which equally marks her want of judgment, and the unfortunate dread of me I have been mentioning. She wrote to Mr. de Courcy. I know she did. You had forbidden her speaking to Mr. Vernon or me on the cause of her distress. What could she therefore apply to but my brother? Good God! she exclaimed. What an opinion you must have of me! Can you possibly suppose that I was aware of her unhappiness? That it was my object to make my own child miserable? and that I had forbidden her speaking to you on the subject from a fear of you interrupting this diabolical scheme. Do you think me destitute of every natural feeling? Am I capable of consigning her to everlasting misery, whose welfare is my first earthly duty to promote? The idea is horrible. 
What then was your intention when you insisted on her silence? Of what use, my dear sister, could be any application to you, however the affair might stand? Why should I subject you to entreaties which I refuse to attend to myself? Neither for your sake, nor for hers, nor for my own, could such a thing be desirable. Where my own resolution was taken, I could not wish for the interference, however friendly, of another person. I was mistaken, it is true, but I believed myself to be right. But what was the mistake to which your ladyship so often alludes, from whence arose so astonishing a misapprehension of your daughter's feelings? Did you not know that she disliked Sir James? I knew that he was not absolutely the man she would have chosen, but I was persuaded that her objections to him did not arise from any perception of his deficiency. You must not question me, however, my dear sister, too minutely on this point, continued she, taking me affectionately by the hand. I honestly own that there is something to conceal. Frederica makes me very unhappy. Her replying to Mr. Corsi hurt me particularly. What is it that you mean to infer, said I, by this appearance of mystery? If you think your daughter is at all attached to Reginald, her objecting to Sir James could not less deserve to be attended to than if the cause of her objecting had been a consciousness of his folly. And why should your ladyship at any rate quarrel with my brother for an interference, which you must know it was not in his nature to refuse when urged in such a manner? His disposition you know is warm, and he came to expostulate with me, his compassion all alive for this ill-used girl, this heroine in distress. We misunderstood each other. He believed me more to blame than I really was. I considered his interference less excusable than I now find it. I have a real regard for him and was beyond expression mortified to find it as though I thought so ill bestowed. We were both warm and of course both to blame. His resolution of leaving Churchill is consistent with his general eagerness. When I understood his intention, however, and at the same time began to think that we had perhaps been equally mistaken in each other's meaning, I resolved to have an explanation before it were too late. For any member of your family, I must always feel a degree of affection, and I own it would have sensibly hurt me if my acquaintance with Mr. Corsi had ended so gloomily. I have now only to say further that as I am convinced of Frederica's having a reasonable dislike to Sir James, I shall instantly inform him that he must give up all hope of her. I reproach myself for having ever, though so innocently, made her unhappy on that score. She shall have all the retribution in my power to make if she values her own happiness as much as I do. If she judge wisely and command herself as she ought, she may now be easy. Excuse me, my dearest sister, for thus trespassing on your time, but I owed it to my own character, and after this explanation, I trust I am in no danger of sinking in your opinion. I could have said, not much indeed, but I left her almost in silence. It was the greatest stretch of forbearance I could practice. I could not have stopped myself had I begun. Her assurance, her deceit, but I will not allow myself to dwell on them. They will strike you sufficiently. My heart sickens within me. As soon as I was tolerably composed, I returned to the parlour. Sir James's carriage was at the door, and he, merry as usual, soon afterwards took his leave. How easily does her ladyship encourage or dismiss a lover? In spite of this release, Frederica still looks unhappy, still fearful, perhaps, of her mother's anger, and though dreading my brother's departure jealous, it may be, of her staying, I see how closely she observes him and Lady Susan. Poor girl, I have now no hope for her. There is not a chance of her affection being returned. He thinks very differently of her from what he used to do. He does her some justice, but his reconciliation with her mother precludes every dearer hope. Prepare, my dear madam, for the worst. The probability of their marrying is surely heightened. He is more securely hers than ever. When that wretched event takes place, Frederica must belong wholly to us. 
I am thankful that my last letter will precede this by so little, as every moment you can be saved from feeling a joy which leads only to disappointment is of consequence. Yours ever, Catherine Vernon. What a bitch! When Sue James turned up, Lady Susan did the same thing, took Mrs. Vernon aside to give her side of the story and mm-hmm. smooth things over. You can tell that Lady Susan's pulling a Lady Susan till she uses like five words that aren't 15 syllables long. She pads it out and it, it becomes, oh, there was an absolutely unprecedented misunderstanding between two mutually exclusive parties who could never have foreseen such unprecedented events. It's like, no, 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 no. You were lying, and now you're trying to thesaurus your way out of it. Yeah, trying to thesaurus your way out of an argument. That is fantastic. We should all use that. But, like, you can see it as you're reading along, because all the conversations between Catherine and Frederica and her brother, short words. Everyone's using short to the point words. Lady Susan enters the scene and suddenly we are pirouetting around the point because, you know, if we were actually honest about what was going on, her entire house of cards crumbles around her. Do you think it's also partly she's trying to confuse the person that she's talking Mm. to? So they just get tired and go, sure, I'm just going to believe whatever you say. I just cannot understand. She wants you to forget the question you asked. Like, Um. Catherine mentions, like, twice in that spiel – but what was the thing that had you having an argument in the first place? Both times, Lady Susan goes, oh, well, you know, da 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 And two and a half pages later, we finally circle back to Catherine going, cool, so that was lovely and interesting. What was the original discussion that you had with my brother, though? Just to clarify for me again, because you didn't the first time that I asked this. You can really feel Catherine's anger in here, and... Quite rightly so, because she so rightly. has just written a letter to her mother to go, oh my God, Reginald's going home. Thank God he's not going to marry this monster. Then, like, an hour later, she's like, uh, so I'm really sorry that I gave you hopes he's not coming home. And now I'm pretty certain they're going to get married. It's the line of, I trust I'm in no danger of sinking in your opinion. And just, like, imagining what Catherine wants to say, which is, oh, sweetheart, you could not possibly get any lower, in my opinion. (laughs) She never says it. She doesn't say that you haven't gotten lower, in my opinion. She doesn't say anything polite or diffusing either. It's just silence. And that silence is, honey, you have already got a shovel. (laughs) Catherine starts off the letter saying, Who could have foreseen what has happened? I'm like, everyone. Everyone. I have been catching up in fits and bursts as I read each new letter, and everyone can foresee Lady Susan going, I'm just going to whoop. Fix that back up. He's not leaving. Oh, honey, no, you don't get to leave. No, no, no. My daughter has just been absolutely unmannered. I can't believe she brought you into this and made you think that you were the only option she had to go to when, of course, I, the mother, who would only ever care for my daughter's value and safety and happiness, first off, above all else, and there has never, ever been anything in my past that would suggest anything other than that, would, of course, be the one that she would have to go to. Like, honestly, Reginald is, like, steadily falling in my esteem at this point because, buddy, pal, get a clue. (laughs) When he walks out of Lady Susan's dressing room, he has confusion. It's evident on seeing Catherine, which to me sounds very much like, 
oh, we totally just banged. Yeah. That's probably not what happened, but, like, it sort of has a feeling of, I just had sex with someone and now I'm walking into my sister. (laughs) And then he tries to explain stuff to her, but he's getting more confused about it. Like, I was convinced then, but I don't know what I'm quite saying now. Yeah. I was under a false impression of her conduct and she only wants good stories to go out about her if he decides to leave he's still better have a good impression of her because she's not going to let him go if he thinks bad things because she wants to control the narrative Mm. and i want to like point out some of the phrasings of things that i had been acting with my usual thought i had entirely misunderstood and was under the impression of leaving the house under a false impression of her conduct there is a, we are all mistaken. All these things which just sound Lady Susan. They sound like the snippets of what she said that have stuck. Because we now know from further in the letter that, my God, will she talk you around in circles. So these are just the points that she will have kept swinging back around to. And they're the ones that have left the impression. Because also, over the course of this conversation, he is... Going back over that conversation and being like, I did ask her like a, a definite question and she came up with a really good answer and it was, um, was, um, that this was a big mistake. That's what it was. This is just a big mistake. Um, God, but how did that, why, what, uh, no, it's just, it's just a big mistake and we're all just confused. I'm, I'm confused. I'm a very confused boy. <laughs> It's, it's all my fault. She didn't do anything bad. Lady Susan has never done anything wrong in her life. And Catherine is having none of this shit. She refers to it as a lame story and made no remarks for words would have been in vain. Yep. This woman is so done with Lady Susan and just get out of my house. <laughs> get out. <laughs> Be gone. <laughs> Why does it take Frederica two hours to write the letter? Do you think it's because she's trying to get exactly the right words? I think, yeah, she's trying to get it exactly right. Like, you know, when you have to send, like, an important email and so you spend ages, like, writing the email and then you just, like, stare at it for about 45 minutes longer than you need to without hitting send because what if between having written this perfect email and sending the perfect email, it turns out that you actually just swore at someone through the duration of it, and that's what gets sent. It was very, very passive-aggressive, and you didn't pick up on it? I'm exclusively concerned that when I hit the send button, my email magically transforms into exclusively curse words and arrives in the inbox of someone else. (laughs) Depending on context, some people would be cool with that. I would be pleasantly surprised if I got an email like that, honestly. (laughs) I reckon she was being so careful to not write... You're so fantastic. I love you so much. I love you so, so, so much. Please don't marry my mom. <laughs> that would be awkward. I really, like, I already don't really like family get-togethers, but I really wouldn't like family get-togethers. I really like that Mrs. Vernon says that if they do get married, she's basically going to take over Frederica. Yeah. She will belong to us. So we're not going to put her in the house with my brother and that woman. She's going to be ours. We're going to look after her. She does not have to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly, props, you know, they they have realized that Frederica needs more help and support than she is ever going to get with and through her mother. And they are making the plans to be like, "Mm, this isn't going to happen. I think this was a bit of a miscalculation on Frederica's part, though, because she's so into Reggie, she doesn't realize that he has no power with Lady Susan. Yeah. 
because she says to Mrs. Vernon, I thought that Mr. de Courcy could do anything with my mother. Listen, no, honey, your mother can do anything with him. But she does confront Reginald that Frederica is worth something mm. because he says Frederica has an excellent understanding and so James has none. Yeah, which I'm so, so glad that we get to continue the fuck Sir James, but don't. Um. <laughs> oh, they're, they're not very nice about Sir James in this, but he leaves, like, perfectly happy. Merry as usual. I don't think he's got the, like, social awareness to realise that everyone hates him and that that is meaning that he's truly living his best, most blessed life. He is a wooden duck on a pond, you know? He's just floating along, nothing affects him. <laughs> and about as many brain cells. Sounds kind of blissful. Right? Like, it could be fun. Lady Susan says that Frederica was spoilt during her father's life. I don't know if that's true. We have no idea what the relationship between her and her father was. Did they form a little club because the Lady Susan was torturing them both? Did he actually spoil her? Yeah, we have no, like, indication throughout this. But everything that we get from Frederica doesn't scream spoiled. It doesn't scream like someone who is used to an amount of, like, getting stuff because she wants it and now isn't. I mean, it is another good ploy on Lady Susan's part because then she can bring up her dead husband Mm -hmm. and pretend to cry. Yeah. I don't want to throw blame on the memory of one whose name is sacred with me. Get a stage. Yeah, like, babes, mm-mm, no, no, we're not buying it. No no one's buying it. We, the audience, haven't been buying it for about 24 letters now. But Catherine is also no longer buying it. She has just also had to console your crying daughter who didn't feel safe enough to go to you with the fact that she was actively crying. Don't put the crocodile tears on. The next speech. Can you possibly suppose that I was aware of her unhappiness? Yes. yes. That it was my object to make my own child miserable. Yes. yes. That I had forbidden her speaking to you on that scheme from a fear of your interrupting the diabolical scheme. Yes. yes. Do you think me destitute of every honest, every natural feeling? Yes. yes. Just She's just saying the things that people are thinking and being like, no, of course you don't think this. And it's what? like, so actually, sweetheart, I really, really do. I think it so wholeheartedly. She is even... Still talking around the point with Mrs. Vernon. You must not question me too minutely on this point. I honestly own there is something to conceal. Because she says nothing! You must not question me too minutely on this point because I have not come up with a point to answer you for with this. So if you question me, I'll have to say an outright lie and then you'll be able to just ask your brother because normally when I do this to people, they don't like each other and I haven't figured out how to break your relationship yet. Because Mrs. Vernon's like, it's odd that you alone should be ignorant of your daughter's sense. Yeah, yeah. Because up till this point, she's gone on about, well, Frederica's not that smart, so she can have a stupid husband, it's fine. Yeah, Frederica's, like, not smart and, like, not clever and, like, not worth it. So, like, I'll pair her up with the not smart, not clever pretty boy and they can go off and be not smart, not clever and not my problem. Oh, oh, oh. People like her? People like my daughter? But but I don't like my daughter, though. But people aren't allowed to like people that aren't me? She also refers to Frederica as a heroine in distress. Probably the truest thing she's said so far. Yeah. 
She is. She very much is. She is running through the moors in a white nightgown in a misty evening. Like, she is heroine in distress. And Catherine, again, she puts Catherine to silence because she says, I could not have stopped myself had I begun. <laughs> Last time she was just struck dumb like, what the fuck? And this time she's like, I literally can't because I will bitch you out so hard. I'm just going to walk away. It's like, I can't say anything because what I want to say is push you down the stairs. Lady Susan refers to herself as innocent. (laughs) I reproach myself for having ever, though so innocently, made her unhappy. What? Just no. Just no, babes. We have the evidence of her going, I have to punish her. Yeah. Like, literally, what, like, five letters ago, she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe she's done this to me. This this is the worst outcome I can give her. Take that. It's like, wow, what? How dare she defy me? And all through this, Sir James is just like, da-da-da-da-da, elevation music playing in his mind. How easily does her ladyship encourage or dismiss a lover? Yes, because you've got both sides of that coin there. You've got Reggie and Sir James both playing to her tune. Sir James is just like, like, I'm fascinated by this man, but like, also, why? Not not, not in home. Not in there. And poor Frederica, now has to see her mother and Reggie together. And Mrs. Vernon is like, she's dreading my brother's departure, but also jealous of his staying. I see how she watches them. God, it just is not a good or fun or happy situation to be in at all. And the probability of their marrying is surely heightened. Must prepare for the worst. He is more securely hers than ever. And Frederica can probably see those signs too. Yeah. Cool, the guy I'm in love with is going to be my stepdad. Awesome. That's just so much fun. Truly never anything more fun than this. But it's okay because her mum is only going to have like an hour or two of joy from the first letter before this one arrives and just ruins her entire week. At least that is only going to be such a short-lived glimpse of hope. And Catherine had to deal with that for like a full like extra two hours. She has no right to make you unhappy. She shall not do it. Catherine Vernon is pushing so hard against the grain. I will not let your mother make you unhappy. I'm going to be your knight in shining armour. Do you think she can actually do it? She's well positioned to be able to. And I think her husband has finally kind of realised that Lady Susan is not as innocent and lovely as he has been so thoroughly convinced that she is. Because this was, again, the, the marriage that Lady Susan tried to stop happening. Please... Surely the third time is the charm. I think that Catherine is very well positioned to be the only person who has both the influence to be able to provide a safe space for Frederica and the awareness and knowledge to know that she needs to and to be able to make that happen. Don't put it past Lady Susan to be able to pull some bullshit, though. We shall see. And that is our discussion of letter 24 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. I'm Frances Duncan. All the links to my socials are in the notes. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. 
That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!